Before we start, please check out our new podcast, Good Sleep. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1886, Minimalism Renewed, and Success Does Not Exist, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com and I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life. Today's two posts come from friend of the show, Josh of The Minimalists, so let's get right to his posts as we optimize your life. Minimalism Renewed by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalists.com. This pandemic is putting things in perspective. We finally understand that an economy predicated on exponential growth isn't a healthy economy, it's a vulnerable one. If an economy collapses when people buy only their essentials, then it was never as strong as we pretended. When it comes to simple living, the most recent minimalist movement gained popularity online in the aftermath of the 2008 crash. People were yearning for a solution to their newly discovered problem of debt and overconsumption. Unfortunately, over the past dozen years, we've once again grown too comfortable. But the enemy isn't only consumerism now, it's overindulgence, both material and not. Amid the panic of the pandemic, I've noticed many people grappling with the question Ryan and I have been attempting to answer over the last decade. What is essential? Of course, the answer is highly individual. Too often we conflate essential items with both non-essential items and junk. In our free ebook, The Minimalist Rulebook, 16 Rules for Living with Less, Ryan and I delineate all three categories with our no-junk rule. Everything you own can be placed in three piles. Essentials. Few possessions should fall into this pile. These are the necessities we can't live without. Food, shelter, clothes. While the specifics change for each person, most of our needs are universal. Non-essentials. In an ideal world, most of the things we own would fit in this pile. They are the objects we want in our lives because they add value. Strictly speaking, I don't need a couch, a bookshelf, or a dining table in my living room, but these items enhance, amplify, or augment my experience of life. Junk. Sadly, most of our things belong in this pile. These are the artifacts we like, or more accurately think we like, but they don't serve a purpose or bring us joy. The average American home contains an overabundance of stuff, hundreds of thousands of items, and most of it is junk. While this junk often masquerades as indispensable, it actually gets in the way of a life worth living. The key is to get rid of the junk to make room for everything else. Right now, not only must we jettison the junk, but many of us are forced to temporarily deprive ourselves of non-essentials, those things that add value to our lives during regular times, but aren't necessary during a crisis. If we can do this, we can discover what is truly essential and we can eventually reintroduce the non-essentials slowly in a way that enhances and augments our lives, but doesn't clutter them with junk. To complicate matters, essential 
changes as we change. What was essential five years ago may not be essential now. And so we must continually question, adjust, let go. This is especially true today where a week feels like a month, a month, a lifetime. With the current financial crisis and a renewed search for meaning, our society will be coping with some critical realities in the not too distant future. Many new norms have been established during this crisis. Others will form in its wake. Many of us will attempt to cling to the past, to return to normal. But that's like struggling to hold ice in our hands. Once it melts, it's gone. I've been asked, when is this going to turn around? Frankly, I hope it doesn't. Turning around presupposes that we return to the past, to a normal that wasn't working for most people, at least not in any meaningful way. While I don't know what the future holds, I hope we emerge from this uncertainty with a new normal, one that is predicated on intentionality and community rather than consumer confidence. To get there, we must simplify again. We must clear the clutter to find the path forward. We must find the hope beyond the horizon. I had a conversation recently with one of my mentors, Carl Weidner, who showed me the Chinese characters for the word crisis, Weiji, which signify danger, Wei, and opportunity, Ji, respectively. While there are arguments among linguists as to whether the character for Ji actually means opportunity, the analogy is still apt. A crisis exists at the intersection of danger and opportunity. We are undoubtedly in a crisis. A heightened sense of danger lingers in the ether but opportunity is also in the air. Surrounded by danger, we have the opportunity to, as my friend Joshua Becker says, quote, use these days to reevaluate everything, end quote. Maybe we needed this. Let us not waste this opportunity to reevaluate everything, to let go, to start anew. The best time to simplify was during the past decade. The second best time is now. Success Does Not Exist by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com What do you think of when you think of success? A trophy, award, or achievement? A specific number of followers? A certain amount of money? While there's nothing wrong with these things, a dozen championships won't increase your tranquility. A thousand admirers won't bring you peace. A million dollars won't make you happy. Craving an outcome anchors you to a future that does not exist and drags you from the peace of the present moment. If you always need more, more cash, more clout, more accommodations, then you'll never have enough and you'll continue to yearn. Yearning leads only to misery. And misery isn't success, it's failure. What about winning? Isn't that the definition of success? To take home a trophy is to take home a relic that points to the past, another attachment that rests you from the present moment. Winning isn't innately good or bad, but the compulsion to win, to compete, to be number one, is a prison. Imagine you're trapped in a spacious jail cell surrounded by trophies. Does that sound like success? If you win the game but lose equanimity, what have you won? Nothing. You've lost everything. But what about raising well-rounded children or establishing better habits or donating to charity? Surely these are the endeavors of a successful person. You're free to do any of these things to create and consume and contribute with abandon. But as soon as you attach happiness to an outcome, you place yourself back behind bars because you're living in the future again. Running after a result isn't success, it's chasing, chasing the past or the future. 
Success is always bound to chasing. Chasing is attachment. Attachment is suffering. Suffering is failure. Do the math. If A equals B and B equals C, then success equals failure. This may be hard for you to grasp because you've been sold a meme your entire life. You've been told that success equals happiness, that you're just one accomplishment away from happy. But you weren't given the truth. Happiness is your default state. It appears when you stop chasing. Happiness needs to be pursued to be reached. The pursuit of happiness is just another form of chasing. It is only when you drop the pursuit that you realize happiness. Influence, wealth, and status are all hapless hunts. Getting more does not make you successful. Striving for more makes you excessful. Excess is accompanied by restlessness, pain, and misery. So travel the path towards excess if you want. Simply know that path diverges from peace. Peace is found only in the present through awareness and letting go. That's not to say that you should let go or that you should be happy or that you should not fail. There is no should. But if you want peace, it is not found on the horizon or in the rearview mirror. You just listened to the post titled Minimalism Renewed and Success Does Not Exist, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to teach them how to manage money. And this should be started when they're little. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Go Henry by Acorns, the smart debit card and learning app for kids six to 18. Go Henry helps kids learn about all things money, earning, spending, saving, budgeting, and so much more. You can even track their chores and pay their allowance right in the Go Henry app. And with their Go Henry debit card, they can put their skills to use in the real world. Plus, parents can set spend limits and get real-time notifications whenever their kids use their cards. I seriously wish I had this as a kid. I had to learn about money the hard way as an adult. If my parents had set me up with Go Henry as a kid, learning to adult would have been so much easier. Set your kids up for success and get started today at gohenry.com old. Terms and conditions apply. Renews from $4.99 per month, unless canceled. A big thanks to Josh of The Minimalist. Really cool how he wrote the Success Does Not Exist essay. It's formatted more like a poem, and I thought it was super powerful. I've had the pleasure of meeting him multiple times, and I was invited to take part as an extra in their new documentary. I'm office worker number two, the dream job of a lifetime. Just kidding. But anyway, that new documentary is out as of January 1st, 2021. It's called The Minimalist Less Is Now. It's a short one, less than an hour, so you can check that out. It's on Netflix. They also have a podcast called The Minimalist Podcast, books that are really good. I'm their audiobook narrator for three of their books. So a lot of stuff to check out. Come by theminimalist.com for all of that. But I'll leave you there for today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you in tomorrow's show, where your optimal life awaits.